Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Ten years and still going strong. Everybody's a suspect! Movie. You're listening to Rabbit and Red. Robert Shaw was a tough motherfucker. Right. They don't make that alien. He wanted to punch Richard Dreyfus on the set he couldn't stand because he's a pussy. Fuck you. God damn you. Welcome to Rabbit and Red Radio. And I know that you like Jason Takes Manhattan, but my question to you is why? Okay, hey, now. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna tell me Halloween. You know what makes me mad about you, Mike? I'm gonna What's tell that? you one day. Yeah, you know what makes me mad? The Halloween 6? Halloween, yeah. I think, 6 is your favorite movie. It but certainly you is. Jason but you think Jason Party sucks? Yeah. Are you joking? Jason belongs in hell. I'm gonna see he gets there. We have such sights to show you. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. And welcome back to Rabbit and Red Radio. You're saying people weren't clicking on and listening to my show to hear me talk? They just wanted to hear them? What fucking assholes, man? I know. And I'm, gu <laughs> I'm guilty of that, too, because I'll click on it and I'll be like, Ooh, Dad, fucking Ted Rigby's on this show. The blackest eyes. Welcome to Rabbit and Red Radio. The devil's eyes. This is a huge honor for me. Uh-oh, too much pressure. <laughs> I'm gonna disappoint you now. I've been blown up! Take me to the hospital! Take me to the hospital! I'm sick! I'm gonna show those shitters what we can do. Welcome to Rabbit and Red Radio. And now, here's your hosts, Michael J. and Cody Robinson. Alright, good evening everybody. We are here, finally. Um... More technical difficulties abound, but hopefully by next week, Cody will be able to hear the music that is playing in the background right now. Are you there, Cody? I am here. Uh, you are there part of the time. Um, yes. Part of the time. Hey, there you are. Okay, now I'm... Now it's clear. Now I'm clear, okay. Yeah, I think, like I said, what happens is, because the way the stream is, you, I guess, when I, or, you know, it comes up choppy on your end, which, I have to fix that. I don't know. I think, uh, Skype needs to, um, be reconfigured or something with this, uh, virtual mixer that I'm using. You know, I'm getting, um, very, uh, high-tech with recording. I've never uh, been this high-tech before, obviously. So, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, honestly. Let's just be honest. Yeah, but hey, we're here. We braved the blizzard to come bring another shitty show to you guys. Mm. Well, hopefully it's not too shitty, but I mean, you know, or at least not as shitty as your Oh, I have, I have faith in this mic. <sighs> yeah, I, 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 I think I do, too. Um, but... You're in the midst of a blizzard. I think we're supposed to get um, 
some snow here uh, Thursday, I think it is. Um, I forget how much we're supposed to get, but it's probably um, remnants of whatever storm you're getting now. So. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting. Uh, we've got like so far like ten inches of snow, which is probably uh, just a drop in the hat where you're at. Ten I inches. I would assume. Holy shit! Well, no, we had. Um, I guess a few weeks ago we had like a blizzard type here, and it was. Uh, I mean, it was crazy um, because. Like, the, the long-range weather forecast, I guess back in, like, uh, like the end of December, um, they kind of forecast the, the winter weather, and they basically said, we're not getting anything this year. They're like, we're not going to get any snow. It's going to be amazing. There's going to be no snow. I was like, you know what? Like, this is fucking perfect. No snow, it's going to be great. And then what happens a week later? We get a fucking blizzard of like maybe I think we got a foot or a little over a foot. Well, it's not so much the snow here, the depth of the snow. We we are having like hundred year record low temperatures right now, which uh, I'm not digging very much, honestly. No, I I don't think I would be digging them either. It just seems like a huge nuisance. Um, hopefully, you know you can keep the power going over there because it seems like that's just a huge um you know, thing going on. Yeah, knock on wood. Out here in the woods, uh, we still got the power on, but there are people... Uh, Knocking on wood. Thousands of people without power uh, through the Midwest right now. Uh, so, uh, uh, everybody check on your neighbors. I mean, it's... Uh... Texas, for God's sake. Texas is even getting hit with this shit. Texas and they is... never get any bad weather like this. I mean... The worst thing they get is, like, tropical storms from the Gulf. And uh, and they're getting snow and freezing rain right now. And their temperatures are colder than ours here right now, which never happens. I mean, I always thought of, like, Texas being, um, what do you call it, like, warm. Um, you know, like, what what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um... um Shit, I can't think of it. Um, like, you know, uh, uh, desert and dry. I never thought of it as, like, snow or anything like that. That's, wow. Well, I mean, of course, the further south you go, the warmer it gets. But, I mean, even around Dallas, my, my father lived uh, right above Dallas for 35 years. And he said this is the coldest weather they've had in 35 years there. The, it's... It's really amazing. So this is... But, uh... It seems scary, almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... Like, this is, um... I mean... Like, almost like end times weather, almost. Kind of, you know. Shit. Day after tomorrow, shit, yeah. I've never seen that movie, so I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Eh... You know, special special effects disaster movie. You're not missing a lot. So what you're saying is it sucks, basically. That's uh, you know. Uh, just just watch uh, 2012 with John Cusack, and oh. if you're one of the disaster movie. Speaking of which, um, kind of switching the subject here, but I, I there was a movie um that was released. Oh, what the fuck was it? Maybe 
two years ago on Blu-ray, and it was one that was just recently um, uncovered. It was made in 1975, and it's called The Intruder, and it, and it has uh, Lily Munster in it. Um, they say it's kind of like a takeoff of um, Ten Little Indians or something like that. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. Another um, Intruder. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, yeah, and this is uh, seemingly the first intruder, um, you know, so I'll have to see how this goes. It came in the mm. other day, so I'll have to give it a watch and uh, and see here how that's, uh, you know, how that's all playing out. And then, um, oh, <laughs> this is the best with the, um, with the, with the, uh, the COVID vaccine dealing, um, my mom was looking to take it because obviously she's, uh, you know, in the realm for, or the, uh, you know, the, um, requirements, I guess, to get it. So I was sure. you know, putting her on some sort of a list and I was like, you know what, I'm like, maybe, you know, gimpy me, I should pick it up. So I look under the, uh, requirements and, you know, you have to have Down syndrome to get the vaccine right now. So I told my mother... Well, you can beg it, right, Mike? I mean, I could... I could... Oh, I mean... I, I could, you know, just sit there and, and act like I'm biting my ear or something like that. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, that could work. You know, fake it till I make it or whatever. And, uh... But just, I, I, I just, you know, I said to my will mom... Will yourself in there, have a, have a satchel full of, uh... The complete series of life goes on. I yes, mean, oh. they won't question it. Oh, that's a great show. I'd be like, I like Clark Gable. Oh. You, prob you probably have that on Blu-ray, don't you? I have the. They only released the first season on DVD maybe about ten years ago, so I bought that. But that was like ten years ago, and they haven't released the rest of it, which is a shame because I did like that show. But I, I did tell my mother. I said, you know, I do. I'm like, you couldn't even disable me, right? I'm like, you know. Why couldn't you just give me Down syndrome? Just, like, smoke a little more, drink some, do some drugs, do something hard and heavy to just really fuck me up. Like, that's what I want. Now I have to see. Well, you can't always get what you want, Mike. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's... You'll, you'll just have course. to settle for the gimpy legs you got. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's par for the course, unfortunately. And, uh... The, uh, the website um, is uh, coming, rabbitandredradio.com, should be... Oh, uh, yes, very exciting. Why don't you tell everybody about that? Uh, not only are the Rabbit and Red apps up on iOS and Android, but uh, also Mikey here has just purchased the domain name of rabbitandred.com, and it already has comment, uh, content on it. Well... Um, well, yeah, by the time they're, they're, they're hearing this, um, well, unless they're listening live, uh, it doesn't have it up yet, but it will. Um, I'm just, uh, trying to figure out how we can, um, what the hell is it? Um, how I can host, um, episodes and stuff for people to, uh, either just view or download or whatever. Um, I think that's going to be, that's kind of what I'm going to try to, get set up hopefully by the end of this week. I'm going to put all the um, old um, VHS life that show that I used to do with uh, Rhodes. 
I think we did yeah. a uh, Phantasm 1 and 2 video commentary, so I'll probably put that up there. Um, and, uh, you know, a few other things to get it started. And you can listen to the, uh, the stream. You can listen to this on there and all that stuff. It'll be, you know, a nice thing with everything all in one place. So I think with everything easier to find, I think that'll just drive more people to it, hopefully. That's the goal. Sure. You heard it here, folks. Uh, lots of new stuff coming your way. I mean, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be something. Should be, anyway. Uh, so what about you, Cody? Have you been watching anything, uh, anything good in the, uh, you uh know, in the throws I have, the being snowbound the last, uh, few days. I've been, uh, checking out a few movies. Uh, last night, most recently, I watched, uh, the new Psycho Goreman. Oh, jeez, you watched that. How was that? It was fun. It was pretty much what I expected. Um, a lot of throwbacks to 80s sci-fi. I don't even know if I'd necessarily call it horror, though. But it's... I mean, it has a, it has gore elements, but uh, it was just fun. It's it's not to be taken seriously. A uh, ton of practical effects in it. Creature, It's a creature feature. And... Uh, and for the most part, the comedy is very slapsticky, and it works very well. Is it still? Um, is it R rated, or is it like PG thirteen or something? Because it looks like it. No, it is R rated. It is R. PG is R. PG is R. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. PG is. Oh, okay. Shit! For a second there, I had to like think about what the fuck you were talking about. I'm like, but PG it's is for R. the gore. I mean, it. It's kind of a. <laughs> It's an R-rated kids movie. That's the best way I can think to describe it. <laughs> oh, an R-rated kids film. Now that, that in and of itself sounds extremely interesting. Um, so there are kids in it. Do the kids die by chance? Um, no, none of the kids die. I don't know. Spoilers. That's Sorry. not fun. Uh, well, one of them, well, he probably wants to die. But, uh. Well, you should die. No, Kill the, that the fucking kid. kid. Kill the kid. I want to see the kid die. Like, I need that in a movie. Like, it well, needs to just be a downer. Normally, I would say for most horror movies, I, I, I applaud them when they have the balls to kill off a kid. Yes. But in this, it's a comedy, and it, you know, it, it just would have really ruined the tone, tone of the film. I mean, so it is. So it is more of a comedy than a horror, then. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's a comedy with horror effects. Because I, I mean, I've seen a lot of mixed opinions on it. Where there's like some people that absolutely thought that it was the best thing they've ever seen, and then there's other people that are like, well, you know, this kind of sucks, really, really bad. I mean, I guess because they weren't expecting it to be, you know, kind of like light with the. Well if you've watched the trailer, how can you expect it to be anything but slapsticky comedy gore? You know, it's just it lays it all right out there for you, pretty much in the in the trailer. In that, what what you see is what you get. But it's it's funny. The comedy works for the most part, and yeah, I, I'd recommend it. See, and I didn't watch the trailer, so I don't. Uh... 
you know, I don't... Um, well, hey, don't watch the trailer, just watch the movie. And just with what... Just with what I've told you about it. Just give it a shot and see what you think. I think it'll be right up Michael J's alley. Ah, and you did that on demand, I'm guessing? I did. And how much are they charging for that? Is that one of those, like, premium titles where they charge it, like, 20 bucks or something like that? No, no, they had it for, uh... I, bought, I went in and bought it for, like, fourteen ninety nine, but they had it for rent for, like, 6 bucks. Ah. Yeah, I mean, you know, when... The difference between buying and renting really isn't that, you know, isn't that much different. It probably makes more sense to just buy the thing. Well, I knew, uh, I knew my daughter, my oldest daughter, would probably want to watch it, so uh, I went ahead and bought it. But uh, just because of the kid element to it, I mean, it has that kind of, you know, it, it screams '80s, but it has, uh, it take, does it take place in? Yeah, it does take place in the '80s, I think. It did take place in the 80s, didn't it? Psycho Gorman? You're useless. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, she said it takes place in the 80s. Uh, but, uh, no, it's it's great. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, it has elements of the Goonies um, and so many other 80s films. So I mean, like, so the practical hunt? effects are off the wall in it, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun from start to finish. It it doesn't really waste any time getting into the story, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's pretty fast paced. So, and uh, oh, basically, without giving away too much away, the the basic premise is these uh, two young kids, a brother and sister, they find. They're playing and digging in their backyard. They find this amulet, mm-hmm. and it awakens this ancient alien who's been imprisoned on Earth, Psycho Gorman. Right. Uh, and the amulet gives them control of him. And uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's just a chain reaction of events after that, uh, and, and all played out hilariously. Uh, and Anybody that likes cheesy horror comedies is going to like this movie. Wow, that sounds like my entire um, film catalog of movies that I've made over the past 30 plus years. Um, but no. Um, no, no, no. This is watchable, Mike. Ah! Makes sense. <laughs> I enjoy I'm that. Sorry, I didn't know. Um, no, but you're, 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 you're correct. But no, but you said that um, it was kind of like the Goonies, and it made me think, you know. Were they, like, you know, searching for the treasure of the Psycho Gorman? Well, they already kind of had the treasure, but the whole movie, the Psycho Gorman's trying to get his amulet back from them. And they have other aliens arrive uh, to try to destroy him. Uh, and it I don't want to give too much away, but it's, uh, it's a really fun ride. Now, does the Psycho Gorman... Um... At, at any point. So basically, he's he's on the search for this amulet. So does he basically kill... Well, no, the kids have the him? amulet because they're controlling him with it. Uh, oh, so they're controlling him. So yeah, he, he has to do their every, every whim. Oh, no wonder he doesn't kill anybody. The kids don't want to fucking kill anybody. Oh, no, no, he kills people. He kills people. <laughs> so the the kids... little girl that holds the amulet, she's kind of sadistic. Oh. <gasps> So the kids drive him to kill. Okay, all right. 
Okay, now we're now we're on. Well, they don't really have to shit. drive him to it. It comes kind of natural for him. He's what? not exactly a good guy. But she pushes it like she commands him to do it, kind of, maybe, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. This might actually work. I uh, I think I want to watch this. And it gets uh kind of the whole Amblin theme going on too with the uh, relationship with between the kids and their parents and uh, the brother and sister. So I mean, it, it's got a little bit for everybody. And so they don't put like the Sego Gorman in a bicycle basket and like fly like over the moon or anything like that, do they? That's a shame. No, but like I said, there's all kinds of slapsticky stuff. They uh, they dress him up. They take him and uh, dress him up so they can take him out in public, which. I mean, he still looks like a giant world-destroying alien, but uh, that that's part of the uh, charm to it. So it's not Psycho Gorman phone home. That's a shame. I would want that. Well, he does phone home in it <sighs> without giving too much away. Now, Just watch the damn movie, Mike. Now, knowing love it. me, will I cry at the end? Because I am very emotional with certain things. Do you think that I will lose You it? might. Knowing you, you might. Okay. All right. Now, see, this is interesting. I, I, they I they go I for that whole, like I said, the, the whole Amblin theme. I mean, it, uh, mixing an R-rated, gory, practical effect movie with an Amblin film is the best way I can think to describe it. And, uh, yeah, you'll, uh, you, my, little Mikey J might tear up a bit at the end. Oh, this, this might be, uh. You know, and, and the thing is, I should um, I should record it. Like, if I'm going to, uh, you know, if I feel myself getting emotional, I should put the video on and I should record myself getting emotional because I think the listeners would really love to see that. Get a little laugh from Well, uh, we could always do a video commentary. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to do that at some point, definitely. And uh, I'll have to have another like, beer in the... Uh, room as we're doing it, and then that'll, uh, you know. Yeah, lay the plastic down on the floor first. <laughs> yeah, that was a mess last time. I'm not going to lie, that was, that was a mess. Um, actually, yeah. Speaking that, much, that was another movie I watched recently, uh, Would You Rather, with oh, Jeffrey Combs. I thought you were going to say you watched uh, Devil Story again, but Would You Rather, wow. I would rather not. Jeffrey Jones? <laughs> really? I would rather not watch Devil Story again. No, well, One yeah. Rather was was a fun film. Seems well, I'm I'm not going to call it fun. It was yeah, it was fun. But uh, Jeffrey Combs is always great. I mean, how how can oh, you not Jeffrey love Jeffrey Combs? I I have a hearing issue. I thought you said Jeffrey Jones. I was like Jeffrey Jones. I don't think he's acted in anything in a while. Holy shit! <laughs> Jeffrey Jones is back on the school bus in Ferris Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it, uh, he, uh, I think he enjoys that kind of thing. I don't know. But um, we do have a guest calling in probably any minute at this point. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. The anticipation is killing me. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, it's about 9.30. Um, I mean, unless they lost power because they are in Texas. Oh, wait. Here he is. Let's see. Here we go. I wanna. Okay. Do I have you, Dakota? 
or I do not have him. Or do I have him? I think I do have him. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Hello. There you are. Okay, good. I did it right for once. Thank God. Yay, yes, I'm here. I can hear you fine. Miracles can happen. Okay, okay joining us now on Rabbit in Red is um, Dakota Thomas, whose upcoming film, Bedridden, his first feature film, uh, yeah. is now um, has an Indiegogo campaign going, and uh, I'll put links uh, in the description of this on the website and all that stuff. So, But uh, it's great to have you here, Dakota, finally. It's great to finally be on. I mean, this is a long time coming. You know, I was thinking earlier today, I remember however long ago it was, and we don't have to talk about years, uh, listening to Rabbit and Red, like back in the day. And I was thinking about like, it feels like you guys were like ahead of the curve, you know, like when it comes to podcasts, which are so popular now. I, I feel like you guys were ahead of that, and so after all these years, you know, to still be doing it, I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah, we were, and then we kind of, uh, I don't know, what would you what would you say happened to us now, Cody? <laughs> oh, we're definitely behind the curve now. I mean, <laughs> at this but you point, know what, yes. you're, you're still doing it, and that's what matters, right? Behind the curve, living on the curb. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, exactly, thank you, thank you, and we... we we are still doing it. Uh, well, Mike's still doing it. I, I've only been uh, co-hosting with him for a fairly short amount of time. Well, on and off, me and Mike have podcasted together over the years, uh, here and there. But uh, but let's talk about your new movie. Uh, I'm kind of excited for this. I went through your short films, uh, and wow, that's all I got to say. Um, I was really stunned with their quality thank you well, we try <laughs> i mean I, I got a lot of like giallo themes the scores really stuck out to me yeah you know i i mean i think we all kind of come from the same probably era in that you know 80s horror films are so important to us we grew up on them and um sure the score of those films are long lasting. I mean, now there's this whole resurgence with them being on vinyl. And so, um, I mean, how could you not have a good horror film without a good score? And I think nowadays, especially in modern horror films, that's really lacking. You know, there, there isn't this, um, classic score. You don't really, when I think of a lot of modern horror films, I can't really remember their scores. So, um, you know, that's, super influential and i mean even in writing sometimes i'll find myself listening to old scores and um there's a lot of inspiration in there and i'm lucky enough that um lito velasco who has done like um uh, a couple of the freddy krueger fan films and stuff like that is um on board and and doing a lot of the music for my films now so i'm getting you know really really high quality and um it's exciting yeah, it, it all kinds of kind of meshes together perfectly for your films. Uh, uh, one that really sticks out to me uh, was your film Boyer. Uh, yeah, the, the score in that, and just just everything about it—the score, the acting, uh, yeah. the the cinematography, just uh, even uh, oh, like one last call. I love your use of the uh, the VHS style footage uh, that. Of course, being an 80s kid, that really sticks out to me. Of course, yeah. You know, what's funny is Voyeur, 
I, you know, I had worked with Lido before who does the score. And I thought this is somebody who is a genius and knows what he's doing and knows his way around music. And so our goal with Voyeur was let's really highlight that. You know, I'm somebody who's really about camaraderie and working with everybody. I don't believe that one person is only in one department. Everybody should work together. And I thought, I really want to highlight his music. And so if you've seen Voyeur, most of it, there's absolutely no dialogue. And it's, it's all about highlighting his music. And, um, and thank you about the compliment for the cinematography, because the funny thing is, is we actually shot that completely on my cell phone, which is crazy to think. Oh, wow. That, yeah, that technology has come that far that because we all remember what cell phone quality used to look like, you know, pictures and sure. blurry pixelated messes. And so now to have, you know, be able to shoot a film on a cell phone, you know, that makes being an independent filmmaker so much easier. And there really is something to that old saying, if you want to be a filmmaker, just get out and make your own movie, because now everybody has a camera. You know, they don't have to spend thousands of dollars to have a high quality camera. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword, though, don't you think? It, it's so much more accessible for people to put content out there. It, it also, you know, what you say is kind of oversaturated the uh, independent market. You know, I guess there's always that, you know, that double-edged sword, like you said, because at the same time, when I think about it as an independent filmmaker, I so desperately wish that I had been old enough and around in the 80s when they were basically passing out movie deals to anybody and everybody. And there was still kind of that mentality that anybody could pick up a camera and make a movie. And I think even though nowadays it's cheaper and it's easier to make a movie, um, and maybe not always the best movies, but they weren't always the best movies back then either, there's, there's sure. at the same time, there's not as much... Um, uh, possibilities. It seems like um, Hollywood and the idea of an independent film has really been separated. And there's this wall built where it's really hard for an independent filmmaker to get their films out there to people. Whereas before, you know, they were a little more willing where you had, you know, I mean, it was rare, but there were moments when things like Friday the 13th would happen, where a big studio would come in and swoop them up and release them nationally. That doesn't happen a lot anymore unless you get lucky with somebody like maybe Blumhouse. Sure, sure. It seems like it, the more uh, technology is advanced, the the gap between studio films and independent films has just become that much larger and that much harder for indie filmmakers to break into the big market. Absolutely, and I mean, if if I mean that's the best thing about streaming is that. It's kind of, especially now, as we're, you know, wading through this pandemic, um, it's opening up a few more doors where now you're going to have this really interesting movement going forward where, you know, not only do you have studios releasing on streaming, but you also have independent films. And these streaming services are going to be in need of more and more and more movies as less and less films are going to theaters. So it, it's a really weird time, but um, I'm, I'm hoping that, Studios are seeing the potential in the future of streaming. And so that means the middle budget and lower budget of films will become popular again because it's become crazy where it's only about big budget Marvel movies. And so hopefully now there'll be a little bit more of a focus on independent films and all those independent filmmakers out there who 
are talented and who have a voice and who need that exposure will be able to get it. Sure, sure. I'm cautiously hopeful about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it could go either way. I mean, next. I mean, if the pandemic, you know, finally clears up and everything returns to whatever our new normal will be, it, it very quickly the tides could go back to exactly how they were before. Yeah, it's it's very possible. Yeah. Um. So. What what made you decide? Okay, hey, this is the time. You know, speaking of the pandemic and everything we've had going on over the last year, uh, what made you decide this is the time to do my first feature? Yeah, it's probably a crazy decision, actually. But really, you know, after doing short films for so long, um, and, and the itch is always, as a filmmaker, the itch is always in, in you to do a feature, to do a feature. But it's, it's a daunting task. And um, last year, we had had another script and uh, we were very excited about it and we had a great location for it and as a writer sometimes because I write my films as well and so sometimes you have a vision about what you want to do and a specific location and because of that pandemic that location was no longer going to be available to us and so it was really devastating to lose that and so in that in the ashes of that we finally just decided you know what We're just going to take the reins ourselves and we're going to make this little independent film. And as a filmmaker, sometimes you make films out of necessity. You know, you you have a passion. It's art. You want to get it out there. And so that's what we decided to do. You know, enough is enough. Um, Life is uh, unexpected. You never know what's going to happen. And I'm sure none of us ever expected to live through a pandemic like this. And it's been very bizarre to figure out and to work our way through and to know um, what's going to happen next. And so at some point, you just feel like you have to take that leap. And um, so that's what we're doing. Well, that's great. And uh, we're, we're glad to hear you have. And how can people help you out? How can people uh, contribute to your Indiegogo? Where can they find you on social media and help? Well, you can always find us at uh, Facebook. You know, I always do a lot of updates on Facebook, so that's going to be at Official Bedridden. That'll be for us on Facebook. Um, And the Indiegogo, that's the most important thing right now. I have to say, I give mad respect for everybody who um, has ever done a crowdfunding campaign because it's a lot of work, and um, um, it's amazing the amount of work that you have to put into it, but they can go to Indiegogo.com backslash projects backslash Bedridden. Um, we're about 50% funded now with about half a month left. So that feels pretty good to me. Um, and we have a lot of great things up up available. I mean, T-shirts, posters, candles. Um, you can have your music featured in the film. You can have your pictures featured in the film. Executive producer roles, all kinds of things. Anything and everything, you know, to support this independent film. Uh, so what, what can you tell us about the film? I mean, what what's the basic premise? What are we looking at here? Right. I, I always, uh, this part of the interview, whenever I do this, because I've kind of been on this little like promotional tour just to get the <laughs> word out, um, is my favorite part, talking about the movie, um, what the synopsis is, because I, I'm really a believer in that modern day um, horror films give away way too much. I just, I can't stand watching a trailer and feeling like the trailer ends and I've watched the entire movie. Couldn't agree more. And I always use the example of the quarantine poster. If anybody's ever seen quarantine, and not to spoil the movie, um, but that poster is the ending of the film. 
you know, and that's frustrating, you know, especially having watched the film. You're just like, why would you do that to me that, you know, you actually promoted the film using the end of the movie, which is supposed to be this great moment. So for us, we decided going into this film that um, there's a lot of secrecy and we want to keep that secrecy. And so in that, we've kind of created this vague synopsis, which I'm toting around to everybody, kind of giving the same synopsis because we really want people to um, be surprised for this movie. So when they sit down and watch it, it um, anything that happens, you're not expecting it. And I always tell people that um, this movie takes a lot of twists and turns and never feel fully comfortable in the subgenre. So of course it's a horror film, but within that are always subgenres, And so never fully feel comfortable with that. But what I can tell you is, is that Bedridden tells the story of Terry, a weary widow facing the painful task of rebuilding her life as a single mother following a traumatic encounter with an armed assailant. When her worst fears seemingly come true, Terry finds herself bedridden and trapped with her newest foe in a cat and mouse game of life and death. So that's kind of the vague synopsis. Well, from the trailer, I mean, I'm, I'm already invested. I mean, the trailer is very similar. You know, I love, I don't know if you know this, this teaser trailer, but for Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, they did this this really, like, ethereal trailer where, you know, Leatherface is standing on the edge of a river. Oh, and, yeah. Well, yeah. One this, of my favorites. One yeah, of my favorites. I think it's incredible with this jeweled hand coming out and tossing him the chainsaw, and it has absolutely nothing to do nothing with Nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's genius. I still watch that to this day and just think, whoever thought of this in the marketing department for... I don't, what company was it? Was it Canon still? I don't know. But just uh, genius marketing, you know? And that's what I like, and that's what we're going for. So, you know, anything you see in the trailer, it may be associated, it may not be, but it's all in good fun and um, keeping with that spirit of um, just letting the audience come and discover the movie for themselves without totally ruining it, ruining it for them ahead of time. Well, I'm I'm certainly excited uh, to uh, see what comes of this. Uh, uh, do you have any idea on what uh, on a release date yet? Well, I mean, our Indiegogo runs through the beginning of March, and then we're going to start really serious um, pre-production. Uh, there's just, you know, I am so humbled by the experience of the Indiegogo. I did not expect like the outpouring that I've received. And so that was really um, fun, and but also challenging. It's kind of put us back in a lot of other ways because I've been doing fun interviews like this and whatnot. So our plan is to start filming by the late April, early May. You know, the good thing about horror films is they don't take a lot of time to film. We get right to the action, we get right to the gore, and we can have it in the can pretty fast. And so we're hoping for a fall release. October would be great. Um, we're actually working on some events here locally to have a premiere. So October's our, our um, anticipated date, and then we'll see where we go from there. I mean, film festivals are an option. Um, sadly, right now, they're all virtual, so hopefully by October they're not, because it would be great to get out and see the film with an audience. Um, I would love some kind of um, theatrical distribution. I worked for a theater company for many years, so I'm hoping I can, you know, knock on some doors that way and get a little mini theatrical distribution. And then after that, it's it's probably off to um, streaming or being available um, on Blu-ray or DVD. But yeah, October, you know, what better month to have it 
what better month to have a goal set, you know, than October? Sure, sure. And of course, we didn't get much last year for October. So, uh, <laughs> you know, let's hope this October is going to be a better one for our viewing experience all the way around. It really has to be. And, I, you know, it's so funny, like October, last October, we were supposed to get Halloween kills. And, you know, now. Oh, yeah. Don't get Mike started. I, and now they're talking. And now they're talking about you know potentially just releasing it on on streaming. And I just I read I know, that crazy. I read that and it just blows my mind because for me as a fan, last October we all knew what we were getting into. I mean by October we knew that this pandemic was not getting better. And as much as I want to see it in the theater, and I do so desperately. If I had known last October that this October we might be getting it streaming. I would have said just give it to a streaming last year. Exactly. So so it does kind of worry me about where things are going to be in October, but I, I do hope that, because for me when I read that, I think John Carpenter said the quote that, you know, it's still a possibility. I was just like, well, then, you know, Friday is a great day to release it. This Friday, just go ahead and release it. Why are we waiting till October? But hopefully, you know, um, things will be better in October and um, we will get to the Halloween and um, a lot of other films, including Bedridden. And um, if not in a theater, then at least at home. But yeah. Well, we'll definitely be doing all we can here at Rabbit and Red to uh, help promote your film because uh, I'm, I'm a believer in it. I'm going to definitely going to jump in on the indie go go. Uh, but let's back up a minute. Sure. Uh, I would like to talk about one of your older short films. Okay. And just see how it came about. And that's uh, opening night with I Tuesday night from uh, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Oh, we are going back in time. That was 2013. So kind of crazy. Um, well, I uh, where it really began, I mean, of course, I'm a huge horror fan. That goes without saying. Um, my favorite story to tell is that my first memory in life ever, ever. So the first thing I can remember is my mom, who's also a huge genre fan taking me to see Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Nightmare. Uh, the Final Friday, sorry. I'm getting so confused. <laughs> and um, not that hey, it, it was a nightmare for a lot of Friday fans. It, it really was. I was going to say, not that, not that The Final Nightmare or The Final Friday, either one were very good. But, um, yeah, so that's really, like, one of my first memories. And so, you know, that kind of blazed this trail. Uh, I wish it had been a better first memory and a better movie, but that's okay. Um, so... Horror has just always been a part of my life, and um, I'm a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan, and I, I always thought part four was, you know, it's the cool one. It's the it's the modern nightmare in a way, the MTV nightmare. And um, so I, I always thought Tuesday night was great, you know. I'm sure when I was a kid I was confused, like, wait, what happened to Kristen from part three? But I have to say that um, I always preferred Tuesday night as Kristen. There's something kind of cooler about her. Me too. Uh, Me too. And then when I found out she did the uh, the opening theme song, I was like, wow. I know. What more could you ask for? I mean, she's... I, I'm, I'm a huge... I mean, if you've never heard any of her other music, you have to go out and find it. She's an incredible singer. And it's... it's you know, I love I love her music and I love using her music in my films. But really how it all came to be was um, back in the MySpace days. <laughs> um, Tuesday night was on MySpace and I talked to her a lot. You know, back then, I think, I mean, I'm not sure how it is now because I'm kind of not so much in that fan base circle of reaching out to celebrities. But 
uh, back then it was so easy to, and a lot of them were very welcoming um, to that. And so they would respond a lot. And so we talked a lot on, on MySpace. And then um, in 2011, I helped with a horror convention here in El Paso. So I worked with her manager on that convention. And um, just through becoming friends with him, um, he finally called me one day and he was like, you know, I kind of just asked Tuesday outright, would you ever do one of Dakota's films? And she was game for it. And so, um, you know, which for me as a horror fan was just, you know, I was beyond the moon because um, that's somebody who I'd watched growing up. And so it was a really cool deal. And so um, it happened really quickly. And um, it was a really amazing experience with limos and expensive dinners and everything that you could ever hope for. And for me, being young and getting to do that was um, pretty amazing. Um, filming it was not so amazing. There's a lot of stories that I don't, I, you know, when the film came out, um, I, uh, I, we had a really bad experience with the production side of it. And so with that, I kind of lost a lot of faith in the movie. And so I really never had a chance to talk about the movie. But we just, you know, our first day of filming, all of our costumes were stolen from the set. <laughs> and then our second day of filming, all of our makeup was stolen from the set. So, no. <laughs> yeah, and to this day, no idea what happened. And so for me, you know, it was my first time really orchestrating a movie that had a really large crew and a really large cast. And there was actually a little bit of money at stake and involved. And um, it was terrifying, you know, to walk in to the set and whatever happened the night before, everything had been stolen and to scramble and so with scrambling, if you've ever made a movie, I mean, there's always scrambling. But I mean, when you're kind of on a, a time schedule and, you know, Tuesday has to fly out in a couple of days to get back to Los Angeles, um, it's terrifying. And it was a really bad experience. I mean, the experience of working with her was incredible. I mean, she's just a, a professional through and through and she let us use her music in the film and, um, you know, a, a wonderful friendship was born through that. But um, the experience in making the movie was not so fun. And so releasing it, I think I lost a lot of um, energy in the film. And so I kind of just like let it kind of die over somewhere in the YouTube world. And thankfully, it's, it's always been received, you know, with a lot of praise and people have been very generous of it, even though I always talk badly about it. They're always been very kind about it. And um, it was a great experience with Tuesday. And um, I, you know, it's been all of these years later. And ever since then, we've been searching for another product, uh, project to work on. And I think every movie I've done since then, I've at least used either her music or I've had her do a voiceover or something because um, there really was a great friendship born from that. Well, that's good. I mean, at least you had something positive to take away from the experience. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's really all you can ask for sometimes. You know, you you make a movie and you really never know what's going to happen. You know, you put it out into the universe and that's for everyone else to decide. And sometimes it's a good experience and sometimes it's a bad experience. But, you know, as a as a filmmaker, you always get up the next day and uh, keep uh, moving forward. And that's what you got to do. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm sure Mike uh, Mike has made uh, uh, several independent films and uh, Right, and I know he's got quite a few horror stories. Uh, <laughs> whenever it comes to uh, independent filmmaking, and that's the true horror of independent filmmaking is actually the 
filmmaking part. I mean, sometimes it's scarier than the movies itself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, very much so. Oh, um... Yes. Mike, just... didn't you uh, didn't you have a day where you are? Uh, what was the Camp Out Nightmare remake you were doing when? Yeah, that was um... your your cast on the first day of shooting. None of your cast showed up. <laughs> well, they were. Um... Oh, what was that? Well, everybody was supposed to show up at about, I guess, like, 9 o'clock in the morning. We're all supposed to meet at this one location. And um, it got to be about 9.30, 10 o'clock, and I would get calls from people, and they were just not there. I couldn't get a hold of people, and, uh, yeah, that was a very short day. Um, yeah, I bet so. And then after that, uh, you know, geez, I've been trying to get that movie made since... I mean, a long time. I guess what Rabbit and Red started back in 2010. So, jeez, that's been since 2007. Oh my, wow, 2007. Holy shit! <laughs> I, I know that feeling very well. I know it all too well. Um, actually, Tuesday and I, after we did opening night, um, we wanted to work on another project together, and so. Um, we wrote this script called Forever in Your Eyes, um, and it was based around a real event that happened on Tuesday. She had, um, back in the 90s when she was doing the TV show with Drew Barrymore, 2000 Malibu Road, she had a stalker. And it was a pretty intense stalker who broke into her house and the whole thing. And so um, she's always been very honest and open about that. And um, so we wrote this movie about it, and um, that was 2014, and we're still trying to get the thing made. So I completely understand it's it's and that and that goes back to what I was saying earlier about how hard it is for independent films. You know, you have these people who they get lucky and they strike a match and it, it works out for them. But for a lot of people, a lot of people who are really talented and have a lot of great stories to tell, it's a hard road to travel. And um, it's it's too bad that there's not more little independent companies out there with a little bit of money who are willing to um support some people and so i know for me whenever i can get to that that point you know which i hope to get to that point as everybody does that um i really want to be this catalyst for helping these people um because i know what it's like to be on um the receiving end of having the doors closed a lot and um after a while that's not so fun and so you know in this case we're taking the reins ourselves and and doing our own movie but um i really hope that in the future that I can become that person who gets to help independent films because nobody, nobody should be trying to get a film made since 2007. You know, that, that isn't fair to our creative souls. Yeah. And if, if you're watching listeners out there, if you're watching these YouTube shorts and you're enjoying them and filmmakers got an Indiegogo or, uh, whatever other crowdfunding, uh, service they have going you know being for it throw a few bucks their way you know show them you know if you like the short films show them a little appreciation you know I, I always like to i mean whether i'm super interested in the project they're working on or not you know let, let's let's keep the independent film industry going let's keep building it up and keep getting new and original content which we're sadly just not seeing a lot of from studio films anymore exactly you know and and i think and i know that sometimes i'll hear about the latest and greatest you know independent film 
and I'll watch it on Shutter or wherever it's at. And I don't always walk away with the most favorable opinion on it, but at the end of the day, I can sit back and go, um, I appreciate what they did. I appreciate how hard it is to make a film. And somebody somewhere had a vision, had a passion, had a desire, and they did it. And you got to give them kudos for that. And Indiegogo and Kickstarter and all these crowdfunding, it's a way for us to make our films because studios aren't just handing out money. And unfortunately, films are, are really expensive. Yeah, and like you were saying, the, the independent film budget just keeps getting smaller and smaller. You know, the, it does, the, the, yeah. The rip between, the distance between studio film budgets and independent film budgets just keeps getting further apart. Yeah, and you know, sometimes that's a little um, heartbreaking, too, because, you know, I know growing up, I always watched all of the documentaries, like on Halloween, and, you know, $300,000, which was a, a low-budget film, um, but, you know, if you do the inflation for what $300,000 is now, that's like a big-time studio budget. You don't have that kind of money in the independent film world anymore. And, you know, that's that's sad. You know, I, I think that um, something needs to change there. And, um, you know, I think, you know, that's kind of the goal. And um, that's what we're hoping for is that, you know, with this change in how people are going to view their movies now um, might open up those doors. And hopefully it will. Yeah, definitely. I, I hope so. I mean, and you just seem very passionate about it, Dakota. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm glad that you're finally, you know, uh, getting out there and doing the uh, a feature film. Because uh, I think it's long overdue. I'm glad that it's, that it's happening. Thank you so much. And I agree. Yeah, it, it does. You know, I think sometimes you have to be also in the right place in life. And um, because it, it's a huge undertaking, you know, you don't have this big backing and it really is all on yourself. And so um, I think after living through 2020 and just so much changing and um, it really gives you a new perspective. And I love this genre and I want to see the genre progress and get better and be more out there. And independent filmmakers need a better voice. And so um, this just feels like the right time. And so I'm, I'm excited to finally uh take it on well we're excited to see uh, uh the finished project the product when it comes out thank you i am too you know i'm really i mean i i uh, my biggest um i think the biggest thing i'm excited about is just that first time of getting able to watch it with an audience i don't think that can come soon enough so i'm ready to get behind the camera get the film done and get it out so that everybody can see what we've been conjuring up. Yeah. Um, another thing you, uh, you said you've been listening to rabbit and red for uh, some time, right? I, yeah. I mean, like I said, I used to listen to it way back in the day. I, I can't, I can't believe it's only been 10 years. I feel like it's been longer than that, but yeah, I remember listening sure. to it almost like right out of high school. And that was before, you know, podcasts really took off the way they did. Well, when you were talking about Tuesday night, that just made me think about that. I, I became familiar with podcasts and started listening to them back uh, in early 2012. And it, like you were saying with Tuesday, it was just such a different era mm -hmm. for, uh, it was just such a different era for uh, podcasts. You know, it was, it was 
like ahead of the curve and uh, so many podcasts, Rabbit and Red and so many other ones could get uh, uh, could get pretty big name talent right with the because it was such a new thing, I guess, you know, most agents, they didn't know how to handle it. You know, it was podcasts were almost treated like uh, regular legitimate radio shows. Right. Well, I got to say that was um, one thing with um, Tuesday's manager, Mike Perez. He is probably one of the um, best in terms of uh, representation, like management that I've dealt with. I mean, he's gotten me a, a lot of guests over the years, so. Yeah, Mikey's amazing. I mean, he's he's my go-to person if I have any questions about the business side, Hollywood, how the system works. He's definitely the first person I go to. And in fact, in a, in a lot of, um, you know, potential deals that we've had or reaching out to studios, um, he always goes to bat for me. And um, so that's pretty special that, you know, somebody like that who has a client list like he does, is still willing to help, you know, the average person. And he's just so humble and so easy to work with. And, um, yeah, I know that so many, you know, I don't think, you know, a lot of them don't have this um, ego. You know, they love talking to the fans. And, and um, it's not about if you're on um, series or whatever, because, you know, they know that horror fans are, it's a great community and, so they're willing to help out and, and be on any show. And that's really cool. And yeah, I definitely remember back in the day, um, all of the great talent that used to come on all these shows. Yeah, and I'm, I'm personally kind of sad that it's got away from that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's why I said I don't know what it's like now to reach out to them on Facebook and all. But, you know, back in the day on MySpace... You could just message them, and they messaged you right back. Mm-hmm. So I don't know yeah. how that is nowadays. Um, but I think I think a little bit might have to do with the convention scene. Because, you know, back then, the convention scene was like five bucks to get their autographs. Or a lot of people would do it for free. And it's kind of become this really crazy, big, booming industry. And so I think that, I think, you know, whenever you bring business into something, and more and more and more money, I think that always creates... Absolutely. It creates a separation, and that's sad, especially you know for our genre. I think that our genre, there's we as fans were were so dedicated, and you have people who will go to bat for Halloween Six. Maybe when maybe Halloween Six shouldn't be have gone to bat for. <laughs> uh oh, those are fighting words with Mike. Uh, I know that's why I did it. <laughs> six is uh, it's still my favorite. It's still my favorite film of all time. I don't think that's ever gonna change. I'll probably. Uh, yeah die feeling that way for whatever reason you know what i totally understand that i get it you know we all have that one horror film that we have no right probably liking as much as we do and so i completely get that um you know mine would probably be creep show too you know everybody always wants to talk about the first one and i agree it is an incredible film but nostalgia plays such a great factor in a creep show too. You know, like I said, my mom was a huge genre fan. And so I grew up with that movie. I still have her original VHS tape that she bought in the eighties. It's warped. You can barely watch it. And so I, I understand, um, just those certain movies coming into play, but yeah. Sure, it, well, don't, yeah. Go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that so many eighties films. So I, I, try not to watch a lot of my favorite movies 
growing up from the 80s just just so I don't lose that nostalgic feel. Right. Yeah, it, and there's definitely those times when you watch them back and you go, what was I thinking? Like, how did I oh, love this yeah. movie so much? That's why I don't rewatch them now. Yeah. See, just don't watch Halloween 6 again, and you'll be good. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, I tried not to. Like, uh, what was it, a few months ago, it was actually on, and believe me, I own it. I've, I've, I've bought, you know, I've bought it a few times, but... Um, right. You know, when I saw it was on TV, and I'm like, I'm not going to watch it, not going to watch it, not going to watch it, not going to watch it. And I ended up watching it anyway, so. Of course. And, you know, that, that's what makes us fans, is the fact that even though, I mean, I don't dislike Halloween 6 by any means. There's definitely worse films that star Buster Rhymes that are much worse, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, thank you. But, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would watch Halloween 6 any day over Resurrection. But, um... You know, I mean, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan. I'm not the biggest fan of Resurrection. But I tell you what, every single time it's on TV, I'm going to watch it. And every single time that they release it on a new 4K HD um, steel box, whatever it's going to be, I'm going to buy it. And that's the great thing about horror fans. And I think that that is, goes back to, you know, we're this great community and that it should be... Um, easier to access some of these people so that you guys on these kind of podcasts can interview um, great talent because the people listening to your podcast are the true fans. You know, they're seeking out a horror podcast made by people who love scary movies for people who love scary movies. And so, you know, that's just the way the genre should be because we're always going to keep dishing out that money. And so, you know, it's, you know, we should give that forward or they should give that forward. Absolutely. Very well said. Definitely. That's my little inspirational speech for the day, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, everybody, when you get done with this podcast, or actually, stop listening to this podcast right now, because <laughs> it'll be streaming it'll what, be on, almost it'll immediately be on, after it's over. Yeah, it'll be on uh, Legion. You can catch the rest of it later. Yes. Go to Indiegogo. And contribute to Bedridden. Yes, we would greatly appreciate that. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, Dakota... Well, Dakota, we can't thank you enough for being on. Yes. Uh, it's, it's really been a blast, and uh, we, we certainly ha hope to have you on again. Yes, it's been long overdue, and uh, congratulations on you guys still going strong. And I know you guys have an app now, so that's really cool. I downloaded it. You're welcome. Awesome. awesome. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. So, Continue the success, and you know we can only go up from here. And I would love to be back on anytime. Oh, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully this year before October, we'll, we can do a uh, have you back on for the release of your movie. Yeah, we'll be talking about the movie coming out. Yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, we're going to go to a break, and we will be right back. <laughs>
night, and that was just another psycho. Wow, I'm sounding all DJ-ish. Um, and because Cody couldn't hear the, the music, he obviously didn't know that uh, the song was just about ending. I have to get that fixed for next. No, time. and I love that song too. You're hurting uh, me here, Mike. Oh well, you. I mean, you'll hear it. You know, when uh, when it finally plays through. You know, when you listen to the show actually in, in, in post. That was. Um, I really enjoyed that interview. I really, um, uh, Dakota for a lot of years, um... Yeah, what a cool guy. Uh, and, and see, and that's the thing, and now, you know, you brought up Camp Out Nightmare, and, whew, that just, all these memories just came flooding back, especially that first day. The best was, I just, I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in on this story, just because I just remembered this. Um, okay. When, when, um... Uh, the one um, actress who was basically, uh, she was, um, I guess she lived down in like maybe central PA. So it was like a two hour ride for her. Now keep in mind, I had a shooting schedule all laid out. So um, there was like, you know, it was laid out. I think I broke it down into like maybe, I want to say like 20, like 20 some days of shooting, okay? So, obviously, um, this girl knew that I was going to need her for more than just, you know, the one day. So, we didn't even get to shoot yet. Or I think we had shot maybe one scene, and she wasn't in that scene. She was watching. And it took, I mean, I, I guess it took us maybe about... I want to say three hours to do like one setup, you know, because you got to cover your different angles, get all the coverage, do all this stuff. So it takes time. Um, sure. And her mother, I guess, drove her. She was maybe 18 or 19. So her mother drove her from Central PA to the location we were shooting. And, you know, so she sat there, she watched us shoot this scene, and then. Um, like, we got to what I guess would be her shot, and she's like, well, I have to go. I had plans for tonight. And I'm like, well, you know, I had uh, planned to shoot with you at least until about, like, 7 or 8 o'clock. Because it was the summertime, so obviously it stayed later to later and all that stuff. So there'd be... And you had already given her the shooting schedule, Oh, right? yeah. She, she knew. She knew. Because I gave... Look, everybody got, had a copy of the script, everybody had a copy of the shooting schedule, and, you know, she agreed to it. You know, she was all fine with it, whatever. That was great. So, um, what happens is, she's like, well, I, you know, I have these plans for tonight, I have to leave. So, I said, okay. So, it's like spur of the moment, she leaves, and, you know, I'm just getting up to her scene in the schedule, and she's gone. And I'm like... I'm so basically, like, she just leaves you high and dry. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, well, what am I going to do? So literally, I just had to go around and shoot. I couldn't even shoot complete scenes at that point. I had to shoot pieces of scenes. Like, I was shooting... Um, uh, I was shooting, like, around her. And... Uh, maybe, I guess it was maybe a few days later, 
Um, you know, because uh, it was like exceptionally hot that summer. And I didn't want people, like, you know, because obviously it's an indie film. I don't have a big budget. It's, it's micro budget at that point. I didn't want people out there, like, in the, in the, in the um, heat, like, uh, doing the thing. So I would call off filming a lot. You know, I missed, the, I missed a lot. Um, and I would have to keep, like, reworking the schedule, reworking the schedule. And finally, it got to a point where it's just like it's not going to happen. So, so was it just with, just with your lead actress, or well, and and were you having know, problems with the uh, with the other cast members, or? Oh well, this is okay. Well, well, I'll get into the whole um, Philly independent film scene because that's where I got my um, my crew. Was I found a bunch of people who were involved with indie film in Philly, and they um, were all you know, involved. They wanted, they had equipment, um, they had the shooting schedule and all that too, and we shot maybe two days, okay, and on the second day, they came to me and they said, they said, look, um, now keep in mind, like I said, it was hot that summer, so obviously I had to keep reworking the schedule, and that was just, you know, how that was happening. So the second day of shooting, um, you know, my cameraman was there, but people that were doing lighting, people that were, you know, doing other miscellaneous things didn't show up. And I said, you know, I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? This guy, you know, he's not, he's not here. I'm like, you're here. I'm like, but so-and-so is not here and so-and-so is not here. And you know, what's going on? And they said, well, um, they don't see this making any money. So they decided to move on and do something else. So basically, and, it was a if it can go wrong, it will go wrong situation, then, right? Right. And so they basically left a feature film to go off and do this um, 21 day film challenge where they give you 21 days to make a short subject film. And they left my film to do that because they didn't think that my film was making any money. But how are they going to make your money? film? Was... What were you saying? I cut, Go ahead. cut you off. I'm sorry. No, what were you saying? Oh, I'm you... sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I, I was just saying your film, which was although micro budget, was already funded. Right. You already had. You already had everything planned out. Right. You had uh, your shooting schedule, everything. Your your cast crew everything together and they decided so they decided to just go do this film challenge which right. might not even amount to anything right if they don't win it yeah and left you high and dry basically that's what happened and that's why you know and and I feel bad because there are people that contributed to my indiegogo honestly i thought <laughs> that i had only received like a 100 like a 100 bucks and i know um, Lido, who is doing the score for um, Dakota's current, uh, you know, his feature film, and he did uh, scores for a few of his past projects. Um, Lido uh, donated to uh, my film, and you know, I I had always thought that like one other person donated, but it was it's weird because if you go um, to Google and you search Camp Out Nightmare and you scroll. 
like down through um, Google, you will see the Indiegogo campaign link, and it's still up there. And, you know, I realized, uh, granted, I think I only got a hundred out of it, and that went to, you know, buying props and all that stuff, but there were other people that actually donated. I think, I think there was like 500 pledged, which was like nothing, but, you know, I, I mean, it was, it was going to be something, or at least that's what I was hoping, you know, it was going to be something, but, uh, it just, it didn't work out, but, uh, you know. And unfortunately, I mean, that happens more often than not in independent filmmaking, it, and actually, on the Rabbit and Red website, because I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I mentioned this on Facebook or anything, but uh, I did actually find um, some raw footage from the Camp Out Nightmare shoot that I think I will uh, put up on, um, that I'll put up online somewhere. I think I'll, uh, I'll probably put it on the site, on the um, on-demand section. Hey. Maybe on the Rabbit and Red Rabbit and Red website. Yeah, Maybe. that's I'm, you know. I'm thinking about that's a it. That's thought, huh? Yes, I'm thinking about it because I was looking through. Uh, I was looking through uh, some of my old, uh, um, like discs and stuff like that the other day, and I came across a um, what is it? A DVD-R, and it said what was it? it was Camp Out Nightmare, um, Day Six A. Because that was back when I said I couldn't even shoot entire days. I had to split days. That was like the sixth day of shooting, or it was supposed to be day six of shooting. It was day six on the schedule. And I had to break it down into like, um, you know. Because uh, it was like, what, 6A? Because I can only shoot like a few scenes, and there was actually... Um, uh, we actually had some effects that day, because my... Um, my makeup artist actually came out for that day, so that was pretty cool. So I'll have to, uh, I'll see if I can get that footage up there. But, uh, you know, Vince, if, if you ever get the chance, Vince was there. Was Vince there both times that we tried to shoot this? I know he was there in 2011. Um, but was he there in 2013? Yeah, because there was two different attempts to shoot this. It was 2011 and 2013. I'm not sure if he was there in 13. But I know he was there in 11. I know he was there in 11. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was an experience, to say the least. Definitely was. Um, so, I don't know, I was thinking, do you want to, I mean, I don't know who's listening, um, maybe we could throw it out on Facebook and say, hey, we're live, if anybody wants to, uh, Give a call. Um, I can post sure. the number on Facebook and see if uh, I don't know why I'm doing it on my computer. I should just do it on my fucking phone. Huh? And it was nice that that Dakota did remember uh, my love for uh, Halloween Six because anybody obviously that's been listening from the beginning. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's amazing. Apparently there were two listeners to the show. Uh, I was uh, I was wrong all along. I mean, you know. <laughs> It's, uh, it's amazing, really. Um, yeah, whenever somebody brings up Halloween 6 for whatever reason. And that's, um, uh, what was it? I did an interview special, um, that Mike Perez, the manager, um, Rabbit and Red, I 
I guess it was maybe back in the summer of 18, of 2018, when I, you know, when Rhodes was my co-host, um, I had mm-hmm. Mike Perez scheduled for an interview, and uh, John Rhodes, for whatever reason, decided he was not able to um, make the show. So I ended up uh, interviewing Mike Perez by myself. And you are uh, probably well, shocked I, to shit I'm right now. very curious now to hear this out of morbid curiosity. You didn't. Uh, it's been. It's been. It was playing on the stream this past weekend, like nonstop. I think I played it at least once or twice a day, like this last. Yeah. Weekend. I haven't listened to the stream at all. Uh, have we got any word on when they're going to get the on-demand back up? Well, uh, well, see, that's that's that was one of the the driving factors behind me getting the website was because I'm like, you know, I'm trying to push them. I'm emailing them, you know, their tech team, like every other day, asking what's going on with the on-demand, and you know the response that I get, I get they what's say that? they say look. Um, you can go to the website and go to, um, you know, the, the, uh, the one section where they say, well, such and such is going to be available like this month or the next month. And, you know, you'll see, you know, when certain features are going to be instituted or coming back or whatever. And that's all they're telling me. And nobody's telling me, like giving me a definitive answer of what's going on with the on demand. So I said, you know what? If there's a way that I can just do that on the website, then that's what I'll do. And then that way, at least, we'll have that, you know? Sure. So, it sucks because, you know, if they're not going to get on on demand back, then that means the app itself won't have on demand. But, uh, you know, um, at least the website well, at least, will. At least people still have a way, yeah. At least people still have a way to access all the shows at will. Uh, I mean, not not that the streaming thing isn't cool. I mean, but, I mean who's going to know when to, if they're going to listen to a certain episode, you know? Right. How, well, how's that's, anybody going to know what time to get on? Or? Well, and that's why when I, uh, you know, if you notice... I've been posting on the group almost every day at different points. I'll say, well, such and such is on the thing now. And I do that on Facebook. I do that on Twitter. And, uh, you know, just to kind of, you know, keep getting the word out, so to speak. So, um, but hopefully uh, I can get that all situated with the the website or whatnot. And, uh, you know, people can start uh, just listening to whatever episodes they choose to at that point. I think that'll be, uh, you know, pretty cool. So what do you have in, in well, terms of... What were you saying? I'm sorry, I cut you off again. Don't mind me. No, no, go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm just... I was going through looking on um, Facebook, so my mind's, like, on that right now because I'm trying to uh, just put the... Uh, Number. Oh, shit. There we go. That's better. <laughs> that sounded good. Yeah, right? No, I was just saying, well, at least uh, for the website, you've got a uh, 
good amount of uh, content that people can access on uh, the uh, old catalog of shows. Oh, there's a t- and well, uh, well, there are there is something with that that I'm not happy with, um, because there are some shows that are lost, um, not by my own doing, um, obviously, but uh, well, because you know, um, obviously, there was a bunch of shows from horror bid. Um, where we had a lot of, uh, you know, that was like our, our heyday of interviews. That was our heyday period. Um, and a lot of those were lost, um, when horror bits shut down because back in those days, uh, Vince didn't, um, keep track of things. Although he did, he has told me that he's, you know, has a lot of those shows on an external hard drive somewhere, but I don't know that maybe that's not the case, but, um, our blog talk shows from back in the day when we started and, uh, like when me and Alex were, when we started on the Sunday show back, you know, on blog talk, um, I don't know why Vince did it, but he gave Alex control of the, the, um, or gave Alex access to the blog talk archives. And Alex decided to go in and delete the majority of those shows. So the original Sunday shows with me and Alex, they're gone because he deleted them. Um, I wanted to try and get, like, uh, um, Tyler Maine, like, because um, back on Block Talk, that show was live, like this show is live now. So, we would have, like, guests call in, and, you know, like with Dakota, we don't have a call screener, you know, we just patch them into the show, and that was that. And there was an instance where Tyler Main called in, uh, we had him on the show twice, I think, but Blog Talk, the first time we had him on, um, Alex was running the board that night, and... <laughs> He, like, I don't know what it was, but he thought that, like, when uh, the call was coming through on the line, obviously the only person that had that number was Tyler Maine, right? So he answers the call, and he's like, hello, caller, and just going in through, like, this whole thing. And just, uh, I mean, he was embarrassed of it. And I think that's why he went in and deleted it, because he was embarrassed. And, I mean, that, 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 that's fine. But, you know, again, that's a really great interview that now nobody can hear ever again because you went in and deleted it. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's a lot of, like, hard work that went into this thing, especially back in the day. And it's sure. like, well, at least like I'm saying, at least there's no shortage of uh, old shows for the archive. Well, I mean, yeah, except for except. I, for, I'm kind of excited about going back through some of the old morbid, morbidly made and VHS Live shows. Speaking of VHS Life, and I told Rhodes I was going to make a mention of this, and I think I might have told you about it off air. I don't remember, but I think um, we've been talking about kind of like uh, bringing that back. 
but not uh, not so much as it was before. I think this would be more of like a a story driven podcast. I think. So. Uh, oh yeah, that that was my favorite part of the show. Uh, just the uh, skits, of course. That that's always been a big thing for me. Like uh, some of my favorite podcasts uh, always had the uh, it was the like the radio play skits that I always enjoyed the most. Yeah, and that that's kind of like what I like too. Um, so I think you know we were talking about doing. I think we're gonna call it like VHS Life Lives or something like that, and uh, maybe. Uh, you know, that'll be a, a Rabbit and Red exclusive thing, and that'll uh, maybe start up in the uh, summer again, and before that, you know, on the uh, stream and all that, I'll start replaying all the old episodes of that, so like to kind of lead up to the new stuff, hopefully. So that should be um, interesting if that happens. I forget her call-in number. Oh, wait, no, I got it now. Okay, good. <laughs> I was going to say. Okay. Yeah, well, for anybody listening, we are live and we are we will take your calls right now. It's 215-240-7839. And that is the number I had to double check it because I uh I thought that I missed it <laughs> or I thought that I forgot it. Um so how was Valentine's Day for you, Cody? Did you do anything special? Oh, not particularly. Uh had a house full of kids. So, uh, watched, what did we watch? Oh, watched, uh, Joe Bob's, uh, hollow, or, uh, Halloween, <laughs> but Joe Bob's Valentine's Day special. Did you watch uh, that? How was that? Uh, Joe Bob's always great. Come I on, mean, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, there's, there's no disputing that. The, mo- definitely is. the movies, though, Tammy and the T-Rex, uh, that Paul Walker, Denise Richards film, uh, and the great terry kaiser uh it was well i'll just put it this way joe bob can elevate any film (laughs) and then the second film was a uh 70s flick i'd never heard of called the love witch and i made it about 30 minutes into it before i passed out (laughs) and uh do you think you'll go back and finish it or do you think that uh it's so bad, even Joe Bob's um, interludes can't save it. Uh, I'll probably go back and just fast forward through the movie parts and watch uh, the Joe Bob cutscenes. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And I always wonder, because they, you know, he's been saying for, or actually they've been teasing online that they're going to be doing some official releases of either. Monster Vision or Last Drive-In or something, and I guess it'll just be the host. Like, yeah, I'd heard seconds. about that. But I mean, <sighs> that has got to be a copyright nightmare right there, though. Right. Well, that's why I think that they'll just do it, and it'll just be his segments, which, I mean, you know, I get it, and I think that's, you know, it's a decent idea, but there's a certain charm, I think, when you're watching the movies to have the movies there. Like two, you know, and not I mean? just that. What Shutter's doing now is genius, you know. In a in a age of streaming, you know, where everything's just on demand, you know, actually doing a live show. Yeah, and that's uh, that to me is is 
is amazing. And I, I mean, I didn't watch the, uh, the Valentine's special yet, but I definitely want to, uh, definitely want to give it a watch. I think. One of these days soon. I'm hoping. Um, but I watched, um, because what was it, on Sundance they had, uh, Valentine's Day with Michael Myers, so they showed Halloween 1, 4, and 5, and I wish they would have showed, uh, 6 too, but apparently not. Unfortunate. It's a shame. I wanted to see 6 on there so bad. Because I think I posted in the group, I, I, I guess 4 was on, so I posted a picture of, uh, Donald, and that was, uh, you know. Speaking of which, I know I said that I was going to do, I had a Donald tribute I was working on for the, um, you know, for the channel, and, uh, uh it's not, um, it's, it's, it's becoming increasingly difficult for me to get through, um, listening to, uh, clips and interviews of his, um, I try, I can only make it through, like, maybe one or two before it's just like, oh my, I, I just, I can't, like, it's, it's too, <laughs> I don't know what it is, you know, it's just weird, why am I so, like, I, I just don't get it, <laughs> I do not get it, I'm just like, ugh. So, do I think there's ever going to be a day again, like, that I'm just ever going to, like, come to terms with the fact that he's dead and, you know, really, I mean, shit. <laughs> wow. I don't know. It's crazy. I feel like they should study you in uh, in an institute somewhere, Mike. I, think I mean, like, me I don't mean necessarily institutionalized, but, well, you know, I think you, you're you a rare specimen, sir. They could, uh, you know, one they could learn a lot from your brain, <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 um, Wow. Do you have, I mean, while we wait for, you know, someone to call, if uh, anybody does decide to call, do you have any? Someone. Um, anybody. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on, we're, we're here. We're, um, I mean, come on, this is Rabbit and Red, where the fans have control, no? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been listening to, like, old, um, uh, morbidly made, uh, episodes, just because I, uh, you know, I'll sit there during the day, because, I mean, I, I, I still listen to, like, uh, Howard Stern every once in a while, or uh, Anthony Cumia from Opie and Anthony, but then after that, like, if I'm going around and I'm doing stuff, um, and I have nothing to listen to, I'll pop the stream on, and I'll uh, listen to some of the old Morbidly Maids, and I'll be like, wow, did I really sound like that, or... Where, like, some of the earlier ones, my mic was, like, horrible, and you could only hear me through one, um, channel, like, on the left or the right. I don't, I don't remember which, but only one of them came through. And you could hear, like, John, like, all loud and dynamic, and me, 
you know, it's, it's funny because to hear me, I have to turn the volume all the way up. And then when John starts talking, it blows my fucking eardrums out. Because he's like Mr. <laughs> fucking Dynamic. See, I have a, a little bit different experience listening to old Morbidly Made episodes. Uh, uh, whenever I go back to him, I'm like, wow, did I really drink that much back then? <laughs> I, oh, what the, f- I listened to, um, because, I, I mean, I know I had the, um, the two bad movie My Asses on. And you were on both of those, I remember. Um, oh, God. Wow. It was just, it's oh, God. Just, it's so weird to, like, listen, because I'm like, wow, I'm like, that's Cody. I'm like, Cody now, Cody then. Cody now, Cody 2014. Wow. This is just, it's like an entirely different experience, you know? So that's why, like, when all those go up, because um, obviously um, I'm going to be hosting the episodes through um, Google Drive because I think that um, that's a way I can, like, get around. Because the website only gives me, like, so much storage for, like, MP3 files and all that stuff. But I did some some reading and I think hosting them through, like, Google Drive will, is, like, a way around that. So, I think that's one of the first things I'm going to do is put up, um... Oh, shit, there was, like, 40... I think there was, like, 45 morbidly made. So, I guess I'll probably put those up there first. But, yeah, they'll, um... I know you were in the two bad movie My Asses, but I can't... You, uh, which which one was it, Mike? Uh, bad movie, my ass too. I think was it that we had the uh, the big round table where we had Midnight Corey, oh, uh, yeah. Scott Summerton, right, 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 and uh, Avery some was other on. podcasters. Avery was on, and I... uh, Tony from Jacket Audio was on. I remember that. Shit, oh, so, so many great people on there, and I was sick as a dog. I remember. Were you? So I, I downed like I downed a bottle of Dayquil. Oh jeez. <laughs> and was doing shots of whiskey just so I could try to function. And I got oh that I can't I can't listen to that again. <laughs> I mean it can't. I mean it was. You didn't. To me, you didn't sound bad at all. And I like I said, I just listened to that again last week. You. To me, you sounded fine. Oh I, my god, I remember I was so sick, I had a horrible sinus cold, and I just felt like, shit. <laughs> Dude, I would have been like, I don't know why, I would have been like, fuck you, I can't do this, I'm sick. And then just like, thrown up on the end. Hey, the show must go on. Well, I mean, you know. For the, uh, for the one listener, I guess so, yes. We do it for you, you motherfucker. Exactly. You better appreciate it, bitch. Oh, so do you have any um any news? I know that like uh, you were saying something about news. Yeah, I got last happened. week's news. Oh well, last <laughs> week's news is still. I mean, shit, we didn't talk about it, so it's still news to us. <laughs> uh, yeah, a few things. A few things. Nothing major happened in the horror world. Uh, that I know of, at least. Yeah. Uh, we are getting a full series Supernatural box set uh, coming out March 25th. Uh, the entire 
15 seasons of the CW's Supernatural. Now, do you For watch any, that uh, show? Have you watched fans it? out there with all the special features. Uh, there's a bonus disc it comes with, too, and and some uh, mini posters. I've never watched uh, that you look, show. So I've... Uh, it... It is a show for genre fans by genre fans. Uh, I I waited so long to get on board with this show because I couldn't believe anything CW related could be good. Aside from uh, well, back when it was the WB, I, I of course loved the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series, but you know they're mainly known for teen dramas, right? Well, was it? And, uh, so it's, but it's good though. You're saying, like it's very good. It's 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 written by guys like us, horror fans that are in their forties and fifties. Wow. And uh, they're just, it's just sprinkled throughout with uh, classic horror references. The two main characters are really likable in it. The two brothers. Uh, all I'll say it's and it's like it starts off as like twenty two or twenty three episodes. A season, and I mean they're like forty-minute episodes, right? So it, it takes a while to get through it. But I was so glad that I finally got talked into starting the show. And the first season, it's not really strong. Uh, it plays off more like a typical teen. Well, not necessarily teen, but it's it's more like a traditional cw show you would think and and then the second season though it just it kicks off from there and it just the sky's the limit after that it it in my opinion never really takes any big dips in quality there's still always really strong story and acting and a bunch of great guest uh, cameos uh throughout it too and uh yeah I, I really enjoyed the series, and I was sad to see it end, even after 15 seasons. Oh, wow. Um, we have a call. Should I take it? <laughs> well, let, let's... Why not? Why not? Buddy? All right. Let's give point. it a shot. <laughs> oh, wait. It says I missed it. Should I try to get them back? <laughs> call them back. Call them back. <laughs> All right. Yeah, fuck it. I'll call them back. Is it going to call us back? Oh, wait. This is a landline. Is it? Well, let's see. Hold on. Okay. Wait, are you here? Shit, I lost you, didn't I, Cody? Shit. I lost Cody. Hello. Hello. You are on Rabbit and Red right now. Hey, Mike. Oh, Mr. Mahoney. How the hell are you, buddy? I am good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I am doing pretty good. I'm just trying to get Cody back on the line because I forgot to merge the call. Like an idiot. <laughs> and I saw that you, you posted that you were on live, so I was like, I got a call. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, wow, and you are the first caller that is, uh, wow, yes. Is there a prize for that? Uh, <laughs> if I had a prize, yes, there uh, definitely would be. I think Cody is well, back we'll on. We'll have to coax right? Cody into uh, give me a prize. <laughs> Cody, go into Cody's our, not on the show anymore. Go into our prize closet, and uh, you know you gotta go dig deep back there. 
You know, Rob, I wanted to, I've been wanting to talk to you. Um, okay. I didn't watch it yet. And Cody, I don't think I told you this either, but I actually did buy a copy of Social Distance. So, really? Yeah, I did. Nice. Actually. It took a while to get here for whatever reason. Um, I ordered through Amazon, and for whatever reason... Uh, because they ran, they ran out of stock at one point. So that's probably why they were waiting for more stock to come in. Yeah, because I was... Because it was about, I guess... Uh, I ordered it back in... Um, uh, I forget if it released in Was November. it December? Was it December? Yeah, I ordered like either... I think I ordered around the middle of December... And it didn't get here until yeah. About they ran the, out of stock at the second week of December. Yeah, I, I remember they they told the director told me that. Yeah, because I didn't get it till. So about they had the to wait for the January. back order to come. In. Go ahead. No, I didn't get it till about the middle of January. So that's why I was. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't get a, ch a chance to watch it yet. But I'll get to it one of these days. But um, but yeah, okay. I definitely I did pick it up because I was I mean, you know, I'm intrigued. I didn't watch uh trailer or anything for it i'm just going to give it a go and uh you know the only thing i'll say is it's a very different movie from anything you've ever watched that's all i'll say about it because <clears throat> I, I don't want to spoil it so well that sounds intriguing yeah so it's a very original movie so so rob how have you been it's been a while Good. buddy you... uh what have you been watching? Oh, I haven't really been watching much. I've been kind of catching. I was watching the season three of Cobra Kai. Finally, I got to it. Oh yeah. So, yeah, it was a great, great third, great third uh, series. So. Absolutely, I'm psyched yeah. for season four. Yes, I am. I, I loved how they ended it with the. Uh, you know, I don't want to give away for you listeners. So, but I liked how they ended it, and then I liked kind of like the hint towards season four. So. Yeah, season three definitely had a they they definitely left a lot of Easter eggs. Oh yes, they did. So, but I I liked I liked the uh, kickbacks. I loved the the callbacks that they had. Um, I, I love the Okinawan thing. So, yeah, it was a nice change of pace. Yeah, it was much different from one and two, but I think the stories were a lot better too. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, besides that, I really haven't been watching too much. Uh, um, I, well, I finally watched. Oh, no, I think I told you that I watched Terrifier already for the first time. So, waiting for the sequel, the Terrifier. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised by that film. I, I which I like Tales of Halloween, all right, and uh, Tales yeah. of Halloween too. But I mean, I I went in with very low expectations on Terrifier and was pleasantly. Surprised, uh, so I'm anxious to see what they're going to do with uh, Terrifier 2, and especially since uh, uh, I know Felissa uh, Rose has a uh, cameo in it. Yeah, and I think that that's a good, a little, another little call back to her getting back into the horror scene a lot lately. I've, I've noticed uh, a ton of indie films uh, calling her name out right now. Because I'm on uh, the internet movie database, you know, with social distance, and I keep up with a lot of, like, my favorite actors and actresses, which is, uh, Felissa Rose is one of my favorites, and 
uh, every week I'm like, Felicia Rose is attached to this. Felicia Rose is attached to that. And I was like, damn, <laughs> talk about a comeback. <laughs> and, and she's been back for a while. I mean, she, yeah. but she, uh, I mean, she's got her own production company. She's not only acting, she's producing a lot too. I think she has like for the next year or two, I think she's attached to like 30 films. Yeah, she's definitely staying busy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, we need some of the more old school actresses to come back full force. Because I, I really don't get into like a lot of the newer actors and actresses. I, I, I really couldn't even name a, a more modern actress that I like. Um, so it's, I, I still think it's like the 80s actresses that that still have me intrigued in horror movies, even till today. Sure. Yeah, I just watched, uh, today actually, this morning, uh, I watched uh, House of the Devil with Dee Wallace. Oh, shit. Oh, I heard yes. that's supposed to be really good. It's it's a slow burn till the final act. Great it's, fucking uh, film. Yes, yes, I mean, it's, it's definitely a throwback to the old uh, 70s... Uh, Satanic films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's good. I'll, def- I'll definitely have to check it out. Oh, that is so, yeah. amazing. So, Rob, uh, did you yes. do anything uh, special for Valentine's Day? Uh, I actually any special did. movies on your yearly rotation. Not movies. Uh, I actually have a new girlfriend now. Oh wow! Yeah, um, me and the Please me and the ex broke up a while. Yep, uh, you know we went out, had breakfast. Uh, she lives in Massachusetts, so uh, but it's like the other end, so it's like an hour for her to get here. But uh, she came down for Valentine's, and we kind of like spent the night together, the whole day, and watched movie. We actually did watch um, um, Halloween Five. <laughs> ah. So I know I know that's a that's a Mike. Uh, uh, like devil sign he's giving me right now. A little Donald but, for your Valentine's Day. That's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, but that she that she's like that's the only one she hasn't seen. She saw six and she saw four. For some reason, she never saw five. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll endure five for you. <laughs> that's a but that that's one she always gets to me though. when when. Go ahead. No, 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 go right in, go right in. No, I said there's always one scene that does get to me in five, though. It's like, you know how, like, uh, she's all, she's like mute through the whole movie. And then that one scene when Tina comes to see her and she comes like, she finally speaks. I do get emotional at that part. Because <laughs> I think, I think Daniel Harris actually kind of saves that film as much as she can. Because she had, she was sure. really good in that movie. Yeah, the movie definitely has some redeeming qualities. I mean, her performance and and Donald's. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's, yeah, it's, it was rushed. It's a bit of a mess, but it, I mean, it has a lot of cool sequences in it. I wish they didn't kill Rachel. That's my my, my biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, what the hell were they thinking? Mm. Yeah, Rachel was such a strong person in four, and then... She gets killed so easily in five, and I'm like, what? You know, all, all the shit that Michael endured on them in part four, and she gets, like, what, like, 
10 minutes of screen time. Yeah, about that. And I don't think anybody liked Tina, her replacement. You know, it's like, what were they thinking? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. You, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell you guys something right now, though. I still have never seen Rachel's death in Halloween 5 because I'm scared to watch it. Really? Really, I've never seen her death. You just don't want to see her character get killed, or the whole sequence well, leading no, up see, to her getting well, killed. Well, no. See, when I was when I was younger, and I think I I might have said this on an earlier show or, or throughout the years on different podcasts, but I um, for the longest time was never able to watch how you know Halloween movies and look at Myers until like the last fifteen minutes of the movie. Because, you know, that's when Loomis yeah. was around and it was like, you know, I always felt like Loomis was there to like, you know, protect me from Michael. So I could all, you know, I could watch the last 15 minutes of the movie. So um, Halloween 6 was the first one that I, you know, looked at Michael from the beginning and watched, you know, through the entire movie without hiding my face. But, um, yeah. you know, that was just one. And I'm shit. I'm 41 now, and I still have not uh, seen her death wow. in Halloween 5. Well, I'll tell you something, uh, and I think Cody might agree on this one, is you know, her acting through the whole movie, I, I just thought was, I think she was trying way too hard. Um, but that death sequence is probably the only scene that she actually showed some really good acting ability. Really? Do you agree with that, Cody? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked her in four, but I mean, I, I can see what you're talking about. I mean, there was no. I mean, uh, I mean, um, what's her name? Tina. Oh, Tina. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the whole movie she tried to overact a lot, and I think the the death sequence is actually the only scene when she actually almost convinces me that she's acting really good. So. Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't. But I won't give it away from Mike. I mean, I, 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 I hear it. <laughs> like, I mean, I know she gets stabbed with scissors. I just have been too afraid to watch it. I mean, I, I hear it. Like, I, yeah, I hear yeah. the, like the, 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 the scream or the cry or whatever the hell it is that she does. But I just, you know, and it's making me now, like, I look at myself and I'm like, I'm like, God damn it, you're 41 years old. Just look at the goddamn thing already. Really, look at it. But it reminds me of um, what, what's uh, like Halloween uh, H2O to, to Resurrection. You know, like Jamie Lee Curtis takes so much punishment in HBO, H2O, but when you go to Resurrection, she has like 10 minutes. Yeah, and I've never seen the end know. of Resurrection either because... Um, it yeah. freaks me out. Well, 10 minutes, yeah. I'm assuming that was about how long uh, her agent's career lasted after Jamie Lee found out that uh, about the loop, loopholer happened to uh, do uh, a cameo in Resurrection. Oh, that was... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that had to be something. Well, I wish I never saw the beginning of Resurrection. Never mind the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, Resurrection, but hey, well, that was... Yeah. All this Halloween talk, I finally got around to... Uh, yesterday, I think it was. Uh, finally got around to watching 
see no evil too with Kane and Daniel Harris and oh, yeah. uh oh, god American Mary Ginger Snaps uh, help Catherine me hear my Isabel Is it Catherine Isabel or am I uh Catherine Isabel thank you And I I've, I've never yeah. seen See No Evil 2 I've only seen the first one so I have no idea what the fuck to talk about I, Me neither I avoided it for so long because it got slammed so bad by not just the critics, but fans, too. And honestly, it wasn't that bad. I no, mean, I it was a pretty much a paint-by-numbers slasher, but the way it goes at the end was kind of surprising. I, I It uh, had kind of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning ending. And oh, giving no, away I, too much. I love that fucking movie so much. The ending of that movie is 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 just great in my. It's opinion. very dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I that had that. balls. That had balls. But see no see no evil too though it in the same way the gore it has good gore, uh, solid performances. I mean, I always love me some Daniel Harris and Catherine Isabel. Um, and uh, it it just goes takes a turn at the end. I didn't see it taken, and uh, and Kane always as always is grading it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's, speaking it's of Kane, did you happen to see like about maybe a year ago? Um, it was the because you know he's the mayor of uh, Knox County, Georgia, and uh, it was at like some one of those like debates and he was there like uh, accepting an award and one of the guy mentions he goes yeah he goes uh, some of you might know him as Kane and then all of a sudden like the music hit <laughs> this is at a uh, at a political uh oh is everybody there I'm here. I think we lost Rob. I don't know what there happened. Rob? I think we lost him. Wait. Oh, wait. Hold on. There we go. Wait. Okay. Do I have him now? Yep. I think okay. I lost you there. I have you now. Yeah, you did. But you're back now. Yeah, you're back now. Uh, did you hear the... I was telling you about... Uh, Georgia and uh, Knox County. Uh, yeah, yeah that about, uh, that. Uh, Glenn Jacobs, I think is his real name, Kane, uh, coming up yeah, and then so, uh, playing the Kane music whenever he uh, accepted yeah, they, an award. And all of a sudden, he, he, he puts the mask on. <laughs> this is not a, a political thing. He puts the mask on and chokes slams him through the table. <laughs> you got to look it up. You got to look up... Uh, Glenn Jacobs, uh, mayor, and uh, like I don't know, like how you phrase it, but Kane, and it's it's the funniest thing. <laughs> Just chokes flames the guy through. It's, it wasn't. You can obviously tell it was like a rigged table, like like it broke automatically. But it was, it was a trip to see uh, him using that in a political thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh well. Uh... That may- that would make politics more uh, more special to me if I if everybody just did that. <laughs> sure. 
uh, anyway, right before you called, uh, Rob, I was telling Mike that uh, we are looking at getting a uh, May 25th, uh, the complete Supernatural box set of all 15 seasons, uh, which it's going to be a little pricey. I, as much as I love the series, um, I don't know if I want to shell out 360 bucks. Is it for, 360 uh, Holy shit. Yeah, That's for the Blu-ray, three twenty-nine for DVD. Ah, oh wow! And uh, it comes with a two-hour bonus di- disc and a sixty-eight-page collectible book. Hmm. But wow, that just seems a bit much. Yeah. Like I said, that's a lot of hours of television to watch, though, because they, they were like, well, the, I think the last three seasons were just twenty episodes, but before that, they were like. 22 or 23 episodes a season and it was like 40 45 minute episodes so yeah it'll take you a while to get there but uh oh yeah I and mean, i mean 325 that's a lot 329 that's a lot to dish up yeah, for D- who's gonna buy dvd the dvd box set though i mean why even bother yeah yeah that um yeah i would buy blu-ray but i uh i mean are they still on netflix streaming uh, yeah, yeah. as far as I know. I wonder if they're going to take them down whenever uh, the box set comes out. Hmm. That's something to think about, I wonder. Oh, I started watching because uh, Jared Padalecki has that new show on the uh, the CW, Walker, now that Walker thing. Yeah, I haven't watched any of it yet. I I'll started, give it a shot. Yeah, I started watching it. Now, I don't remember the old um, Chuck Norris Walker too much, but... Uh, I really do. I loved I loved I never, the Chuck Chuck Norris one. I never was a big fan of it. I, I was a Chuck Norris fan, but I never was a big fan of Walker. Yeah. But uh that's why I'm kinda anxious to see what they do with it with uh Jared Padalecki. Oh well this starring. one is completely different. They said Definitely. it's gonna be vastly different. It yeah, is. So I mean oh, yeah it is. I'll give it a shot. I'm sure it has to be, but yeah, it's just it's it's um I don't, it's just, um, I don't know. I mean, he's one of the, the, one of the few things that I can still say I kind of liked about the Friday remake, so. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I liked, uh, Jared Padlucky. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the Friday remake for what it is, uh, but yeah, he yeah. was good. He basically played the same character he plays in Supernatural. Uh, for the most part, uh, which I'm glad I saw the Friday remake before I started watching Supernatural, or I couldn't I couldn't have taken it seriously. Yeah, I thought the Friday remake uh, is very underrated. I think a lot of people hate on it because it's a remake. Um, but I I thought Derek Mears was was spectacular as Jason. Sure. I thought he was. I think he's top. Honestly, I'll put him top three. Yeah, uh, Jason's. I thought he, his his character play his. Um, the only thing I didn't like about the Jason character was that he's a kidnapper now, and I, I didn't like the whole kidnapping thing. But exactly, yeah. That, I mean, that, as far as how he played it, as far as how he played Jason, that I mean, he was top notch. Well, and as many people as want to rag on it because it's a reboot, I mean, to me, it's just another Friday film. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to that, I mean, they went overboard, yes, with trying to 
give it the elements of the 80s Friday films. Uh, but still, it's... Well, it's, I think uh, the kills were terrific, though. I, yes. I really, I really... Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them were, like, really shockers, too. Like, the, the, the motorboat scene, that just caught me completely off guard. I was not ready for that arrow. <laughs> yep, all of a sudden, I jumped. I definitely I jumped, jumped on the arrow fire at that one. Yep, it's all of a sudden it's like, boom. I'm like, and wow. I did like it that they made him like a, a skilled hunter. You know, he lives in the woods. Yeah, it it only made sense. And I, I can't believe that there are so many people that are so vehemently uh, against that. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I heard a lot too. of hate on that on that scene. A lot. I, I heard a lot of hate on that that motorboat scene. But. I thought it was I thought it was great and like like Mike said we I, we both jumped on that scene. Yeah. So and that's what I look for on a Friday. I want to I want to get scared. I want to jump. I don't want to just sit there like oh same old kill. <laughs> yeah, I mean at that point I mean they they really had to up to up the anti uh, up the ante for uh, the reboot you know to stand out from all the other films. I agree. And then a lot of people complain because it did stand out from the other films. I mean, would they have been happier with another Jason Goes to Hell? I mean... Yeah. Or Jason X? I mean, the thing is... Jason X, I'm still trying to have it grow on me, and it's not working. Yeah, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it now a lot more than I did when I first watched it. Oh, Uh, I agree with that. I'm just... You know. Still not fully on board, but I do enjoy this. A lot of good scenes, like the carbonite scene there, with like the the girl's face in the and it's like freezes up and sure, it smashes yeah. it. I kind of like that. A lot of redeemable qualities to it. But uh, anyway, uh, oh one one more uh, thing on Daniel Harris. Uh, okay. Looks like uh, yesterday. Uh, she had a new movie come out with John Jarrett, uh, oh. Mick Taylor from the uh, Wolf Creek films. I've, yeah, uh, Wolf Creek, yeah. Uh, called The Skin Collector. Oh, Casper Van Dien's in it, too. Uh, that probably means it's oh, going nice. to be really low budget. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, well, it came out yesterday on DVD and VOD. Hmm. Not Blu-ray, DVD and VOD. Okay. Not, not high hopes here. John Jarrett plays the serial killer in it that's Tracking Daniel Harris, though, so uh, at least he's got some talent in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked uh, John Jarrett a lot in the Wolf Creek. Oh God, yes, and the, the series. Yeah. I love him in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much I still have to watch. So. Yeah, I think it's still streaming on Shutter, both seasons. That I'd skip to the second season. The first season's good, but the second season is it. It really. Uh, is a lot faster paced. And you said, said the same with the movie. The second one's better than the first. Or at least it moves better than the first did. Yeah, kind of like that, actually. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, the yeah, second like one's more uh, action horror. Yeah, I agree with that. And the second season of the series is kind of like that, too. Uh, Rob, have you uh, seen the uh, series yet? I've only watched a couple of uh Showed from part one, from season one. Part one. So, uh, I have, yeah, I, 
season one's right. good, it, but it's kind of slow, and it it takes a while, just like the original film. It, it it takes a while to build up, and then like the last couple episodes really uh, ramp it up. But the uh, the second season just pretty much picks up right off the bat. I mean, it's like like the second film. It, and the thing is, it's still they're still canon with the films. Is what I like about them. It's it's all part of the same timeline. Oh, that's good. That's good. And they say we're still going to get a Wolf Creek three and a third season of the uh, series, but I'll believe it when I see it. And John Jarrett ain't yeah. getting no younger. <laughs> I know. Now, Casper Van Diem, uh, what was he in again? The name's Starship. So familiar. Starship Troopers. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, all right. That, that's where it sounds. That's where Johnny, it sounds. Uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, um, not Johnny Ringo, was it? Uh, I think it was Johnny something. Yeah. Yeah, it was Johnny something, definitely. Good day. Uh, looks like Neil Marshall is directing a new monster flick called The Layer. Uh, it's about to start production. Uh, it's they say it's going to be full on creature feature, uh, which you know Neil Mar- Marshall uh, is best known for uh, The Descent. Yes, that's a, and I love uh, both movies. I love Descent one and two. The second one, uh, I really thought it was a big step down. But, uh, it he was, didn't direct but it still was one. good for a sequel. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. But uh, this movie is about a Royal Air Force pilot that gets shot down. I think it's during the Gulf War. Um, gets shot down in Afghanistan and hides out in a cave where he finds these these mutants attack him and he escapes and they follow him back to his military back to the military base so I don't know if uh, lightning's going to strike twice for Neil Marshall on creature features oh we'll have to see yeah uh, I'll uh, be cautiously optimistic about that Uh, oh uh did find out that um, Bear McCreary is doing the score for Kevin Smith's master animated Masters of the Universe film. Yes. So that's cool. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, Bear McCreary, uh, he scored The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones among, well, Holliston, uh, among many other big-name uh, properties. Holliston, that was a good series with uh, um, Adam Green. Yeah, I really wish uh, it's on. It's streaming on Shutter now. I really wish uh, Shutter would pony up the money for the third season. They're still wanting to do it. Yeah, uh, when I met Adam Green, he was he was talking about how he was he was pushing for season three a lot, and they just they just not budging. So yeah, it it's been but it's been going to happen so many times since. 2014 when Fearnet went out of business uh, that, I mean, yeah. who knows if we'll ever get I mean, and again, <laughs> talking about not getting any younger, uh, Adam and Joe aren't. They're both in their mid-40s now, so 
it's going to be hard yeah. for them to play college kids to the kids anymore. And I've never seen. Well, it's good to see. Go ahead, Mike. I've never seen Holliston still, so I've you would love it, Mike. It's about two, uh, two, uh, basically failure film <laughs> indie filmmakers. Uh, oh, so me and Adam Green. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, except no, they they can walk, Mike. Uh, <laughs> ah, I see. Yes, Brilliant. but uh, you know, the, in every in every other aspect, you uh, you are very much more talented than them. I promise. Well, uh, but yeah, they live in an apartment by themselves. It's a sitcom, and uh, it has all kinds. Well, a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, guest star, guest stars, a bunch of. Uh, Classic horror actors. Uh, they do. There's a Tony Todd episode. Um, uh, Derek Mears is a recurring character Mears, on it. Yeah. Um, Derek Mears and Bill, uh, Adam Bill Green Mosley are actually is like a recurring friends. character. Oh wow! Yeah. But uh, it's all about them. They're trying to get uh, their indie horror film called Shin Pads about a zombie hockey hockey team uh, off the ground and. Uh, and they just pretty much suck at it. <laughs> uh, and it, it's it's just a situational comedy, and it has a lot of gore in it, though. It's not your typical sitcom, because it's, it's basically like a comedy horror sitcom, because there, there's always a shit ton of gore in it, and the, the comedy is spot on. I, I've, I'm a fan of Adam Green's horror films, but I really think the guy missed his calling. He should have just stuck to comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. because his his comic timing and, and the writing is it's just spot on I mean he's have you seen his mock commercial that he did Jack Chop oh god yes yeah I watch it every year oh my god that is that is like legendary <laughs> absolutely Nicolo I, I asked him about that I said uh, do you ever think that you would ever do like a Jack Chop too and he, he he's so blunt in his ass he goes oh hell no <laughs> He goes, I will never be able to top Jack Jump one. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a good answer. Uh, that was classic. Uh, Mike, have you seen Jack Chop? I have not seen Jack Chop. Cody. It's, it's a fake infomercial. You know, uh, Adam Green does a, ho- uh, a Halloween short every year. Uh, and that that was, God, back for like 2010 or 2011. Hmm was his Halloween short. Just about three minutes long. It's just a fake infomercial, and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that I think I... I did see that, I think. That seems... Because that's the one with um, um, him taking driving lessons or something. I think I saw that. No, no, not the Michael Myers. That was another one where Michael Myers getting driving lessons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I've seen that one, one too. That was great. Yeah, that was the one I saw with him getting driving lessons. But that's but well, either me definitely. or Cody will send it to you. You have to watch it. So, oh, yeah. I'm only, right like, now. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like Cody said, it's only like three minutes long, but it's like the, the funnest three minutes you'll ever have. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, no, I'll definitely have to check it out then. Definitely. Yeah. I, I agree with Cody. I think he would have been a great uh, comic comic director, but you know, he's still giving us some great horror movies. So. I still love Hatchet to death, like that, and that's no pun intended, by the way. <laughs> but I love uh, ha- ha- the, ha- the whole Hatchet series is great, but 
one is still like my favorite. There's so much tongue in cheek stuff on that movie. Wow. That, um, yeah, and I've still never. Uh, I've only seen the first three hatches. I haven't seen Victor Crowley yet. So. Victor Crowley, uh, I like it's. It's. Uh, it's definitely. Uh, they should have just called it Hatchet Four, though. It's. And even Adam Green says that he doesn't know why he didn't just call it Hatchet Four, but. Uh, it's a lot of fun. The writing's really good in it. Uh, it, as always, like all the other Hatchet films, it's the uh, sprinkled with comedy. Uh, has Wasn't a great cast. Was there a rumor uh, that Five was coming out? He is. I heard a rumor. Still, uh, I don't know if he's is shot. Or, I know he intended on Victor Crowley being the first of a new trilogy, but I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Yeah. It's all about the um, getting the funding together, I guess, and all that. That's the yeah. I haven't listened to his podcast in oh, probably close to a year. They they went to uh, Patreon exclusive for a little while when the Fangoria Network went down, uh, and I think I don't think they're on strictly on Patreon anymore. But uh, I just had never got back into listening to it to see where they're at with Holliston season three or any of his other future projects. Yeah, one of these days I'll have to, uh, like, watch Holliston and Victor Crowley and all that other stuff that I'm missing of his, because, um... Like I said, Holliston's on Shudder. Get on it. <laughs> I should. We should do a, um, a Holliston special or something at some point. Maybe I can get him back on the show. Well, if you ever get your uh, mixer board up, we can do like the sound drops and do a uh, mock uh, sitcom episode. Well, yeah, you know what? We should do that. And uh, like I said, hopefully by next week I'll have all that stuff worked out. Because I have, I mean, the mixer's up now and I'm looking at the soundboard. It's just, it's not, it doesn't have a lot on there just yet. But maybe like I can get some... Oohs and All we need is the crickets, Mike. All we need is the crickets. Oh, I'll have those on there, definitely. Yeah, because that'll be <laughs> that'll be the entire show. But maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah, we could do a, um, uh, you know, and like um, Rabbit and Red is recorded in front of a live studio audience, and then do the laugh track and all that other. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. Oh yeah, have the canned laughter and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what would you use for intro music? Um. I don't know, Cody. What would you use for intro music? Well, if we're going to do a Holliston mock-up, we can just lift everything off the show. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll have to watch some Holliston. And maybe uh, within... Oh, yeah. You know, Get on that, Mike. Yeah, and maybe within the next few weeks, uh, we'll have a uh, Rabbit and Red type show, and I can play the uh, disgraced, uh, gimpy uh, indie filmmaker. I think we can make that work, Mike. I think so. I think so. I definitely think so. But anyway, guys, that's about all I got. Yeah, I think so. Bob, Mike, uh, anything else you want to add, guys? Um, no, I think uh, I think we covered a lot today. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely think we did. Whoops, and uh, so. 
do you want to uh, take us out, Cody? I'm going to, uh, let's see. There we go. All right. So I guess for, All right. for Cody and Rob, I'm Michael J. We'll see you guys next week. Who knows? Later. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. See you guys. See you later. See ya. disaster. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.